Joshua chapter number one. Let's go to the word of God and stand for the reading of his word. Joshua chapter number one. Verse number one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, this is the spans of territory that God's deeded to his people. Wow. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and of the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all That is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Father, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we want to apply this to how we live. So may these life lessons. Joshua learned after years of serving and years of dedicated, honorable service to you and Moses, we pray we will acquire, we will learn as well, and that we'll be bold and strong and courageous and have the victory you have planned for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Look at number, verse number 17. Watch this. This is interesting. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. And here we go again. Only be strong and of good courage. So looking at this passage and asking the Holy Spirit to give us some fresh insight from this passage. I believe many people today in this culture need to hear the command of God clearly that he gave Joshua in this passage. It's repeated several times in this chapter because the Father understands us, human nature. This was a very pivotal moment in the history of Israel. Joshua has taken command of the people who've been following Moses all these years. And Moses, being the exceptional leader that he was, took them as far as he could take them. And finally, the generation that had murmured, complained, and bitterly defied God, resisting him, finally, they died off. And a new generation is about to go into the promised land. 
the truth that God kept repeating to Joshua. And he repeated and emphasized it four times in this one chapter. Whenever you see where God keeps repeating himself, it's not by accident. It is deliberate. Repeating himself, he's trying to help us understand because we, we sometimes need to have things repeated since we, we don't always get it the first time. The task I have called you to accomplish is critical, and you cannot allow yourself to be bound by a spirit of fear. So the number one issue on God's mind is Joshua was about to step into his calling, purpose, destiny. He could have said a lot of things to Joshua. He could have pulled him aside and said, let's get organized and look at the steps you're going to take to get across the Jordan and on into the promised land. Or let's do a study on all the 31 kingdoms in the promised land and what they represent and how you should go about strategically planning to engage them in battle. Out of all the things that God could have said to Joshua, it was this. Be filled with boldness and courage and remain free from the spirit of fear. Because if you are filled with boldness and courage, and that's why he keeps repeating it, be bold, be strong, and of good courage. Over and over, only be strong and of good courage. So one thing God is clearly saying to Joshua, I do not want you to be dominated by a spirit of fear. As Paul told Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So I want to remind you that 365 times this book says in one way or another, fear not, fear not. So you have a certain command as you face a new year, about 31 days away from. It's the commandment from the Lord. Fear not. No matter what you face, no matter what you hear, no matter what kind of a report you ingest, I don't want my people walking in fear. I don't want you to be trembling nor afraid of life. Or afraid of great opportunities I present you, nor afraid of evil reports. Why? Because I am with you. And I knew it was coming before it ever got there. So don't let any of that shake your confidence. Only be strong and very courageous. And it gives us four reasons why we have to remain strong in this chapter. It gives us four reasons why we should remain courageous. Hebrews records that God takes no pleasure in those that back away from the challenge he presents. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So we're postured as never before to entering into the blessings and the promises and the provision of the Lord. But remember, God takes no pleasure if we back up when fear, opposition, or adversity confronts us. And all of those will confront us. It's inevitable. And the word says that Joshua was commanded four times for four different reasons why he should not be afraid. That Joshua should be strong and very courageous. And I want to show those four items to you and why God applies those to him and then, of course, to us. The first one is in verse 6. He says to Joshua, be strong and, and to this people you shall divide as an inheritance of the land. So he's, he's commanding Joshua, I want you to be strong because there's an inheritance that has to be divided among all the people here, the 12 tribes 
and the land that I've designated to Moses and to you is going to be divided equally among all of you. Now watch this. I'm here today to command you to sever the spirit of fear from off your life. To command you to be strong and very courageous no matter what you look at in your future. First of all, he said, it's for the sake of the people. Joshua, be strong for the sake of the people. Because it's not only you that will benefit, but there are many others who are affected when you enter into what God has willed for everyone to enter into. Many times the enemy is not just resisting you because of you. He understands that if you remain bold and courageous, not only do you get to enter in, but your family gets to enter in. And so do people you have connection and relationship with because you are to be the beacon, the leader that opens the door so that others can enter in with you. That's why he says this repeatedly. So you keep thinking, why did he keep repeating, be strong and courageous? Because there's a different purpose each time he said it. The first time God said that to Joshua, he did so for the sake of all the people. For the sake of the people, I want you to be strong and courageous. For your wife's sake, for your children's sake, for your husband's sake, for your family's sake for those that you do business with and are in relationship with, for their sake. You cannot give up now. You cannot turn back now because no man is born unto himself and no man dies unto himself. You have influence with somebody. I spoke to you about the importance of your influence wherever you are in the marketplace. If you give up, if you back up, if you quit, if you don't go on, if you don't stay strong and courageous then your family will have a hard time remaining strong. And people around you will have an equally hard time staying strong. So the master wants you to know this, even when you don't feel it. Just stir up courage and strength on the inside and say, I have to remain strong. Even if I'm in the middle of a shaky time, even though I face adversity, even when I feel like quitting, I can't quit. I've got people counting on me. That's one of the great heroes of World War II. A Medal of Honor winner. Congressional Medal of Honor. Doesn't get any higher. And he was being interviewed, and what was your motivation for doing what you did? A bravery, under fire, wounded eight times, rescuing his wounded comrades. He fought on and fought on when he could have easily called for a medic to get help and backed out of the battle. Now, why did you do that? Why did you keep going back? You have wounds everywhere. And this was his response. All I had to do was picture my family under the dictatorship of Hitler. All I had to do was think in my mind what it looked like if we were to be overrun. And I would get it in my mind, one of my children, and I would start fighting again with everything I could pull up from inside. And that's what I'm here to say to somebody. You can't quit, and you can't give up, and you can't move into that bondage of fear. You cannot back up, because this thing isn't just about you. Be strong and very courageous for the sake of your children. Because in one act of obedience, Joshua did not just affect himself. His act of obedience affected the destinies of nearly 3 million people, others, as he obeyed the Lord and took the lead with boldness. 
So Calvary, grab hold of this. The Lord wants you to know you're on the brink of your greatest days. Only be very strong and very courageous. You will not just enter the promised land by chance. You're not going to fall into the promises of God. The enemy's not going to roll over when he sees you arrive. You have to remain strong. You have to remain courageous. And and you have to constantly rebuke that spirit of fear that tries to embed itself in your thinking. The fear of failure. The fear of being rejected. The fear of falling flat on your face. Reject that and remain strong. Because if you remain strong in your spirit, God is with you. You go in, you possess, and take other people with you to victory. Does anybody here believe you're on the brink of your greatest day ever? Does anybody believe that? Then there's a blessing here for you today. Then the second time God uses this phrase. The first time he said, be strong for the people. Because if you don't make it in, they're not going in. If you don't lead them, they'll stay on this other side of the Jordan. So someone ought to get that up in your own spirit today. That's a very important factor in why you must keep moving forward. If you're depressed, you ought to say, I can't remain like this. Because if I let this depression stay on me, it will affect others in my family. So I will get up today. Verse number seven, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all. And then he goes on to say that you may prosper. Then he says in the next verse, then you will make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. So the Holy Spirit says to us, not only do I want my people bold and courageous for the sake of other people they influence, but for your own sake. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, because God says, I have invested a great deal in you. So for your own sake, all the decades he had invested in Joshua, being mentored, trained, schooled. He said, I want to see you prosper. I want to see you reach the goal I planned for you. This is the word of the Lord he's saying to you. He's saying, I'm not against you prospering. I want to see you this next year having good success. Good success. So that's why you don't falter in your faith. You can't be wavering all the time. You can't get tossed to and fro because one day you feel good and the next day you don't feel so well. He said, I am with you. Stand up, be strong, be very courageous because I desire to prosper you. He says, I want you to have good success because I care about what happens to you. God has not brought you this far to let you die in midstream. He wasn't going to take you halfway across the Jordan and let you drown there. He didn't take you there to leave you there. My God is a finisher. The last thing Jesus says on this planet as he's fulfilling the act of our redemption, it is what? Finished. Paul said, I have finished my course. And the word says, being confident of this very thing, he that begun a good work in you will perform it, will fulfill it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, if I've started anything in your life, I intend to finish it. The only issue is, will you quit before he finishes? Be strong and very courageous, and I will finish what I started in your life. 
He says, I will finish what I started with your children. I will finish what I started in your finance. I will finish what I started with your health. And at every stage and every major transition you get in life, you will need a baptism again, especially when you're in transition, especially when things are changing. You're embracing something new. You will need a new baptism of courage. Well, how do I keep prospering? He gives you the secret in this chapter. Stay in the word. Meditate in it day and night. Let it assimilate into every fiber of your thinking and being. He said, because I want you to prosper and have good success. And my secrets for that are in this word. So you have to get it into your spirit. God bless me indeed. As we end this year and start a new one. And God is saying, you've lived your last year in poverty. Anybody glad for that? Listen, so be very strong and very courageous because I want you to be granted prosperity and good success. So touch your neighbor and say, this year is our year. Amen. Does anybody here want to come out of debt in the new year? Anybody? To live your last year in poverty. Stay strong and courageous. Because God wants you to be blessed and to have good success. The secret is in his word. Now thank him because you believe he is able. He is able. He's fully able. The only question marks are us. This is an anointed word for you today. Deals want to come together for you. Products need to move. God will open doors. Successes will come because there's a God factor working through your life. And don't be shocked by that. But there's a God factor on your life and my life, and it says nothing will be impossible. So be very strong and very courageous for the sake of the people, for your family, for others. Don't allow yourself to grow weak. Don't get lax serving God. Stay strong. And if I didn't live for Jesus for any other reason, I would do it for my family, for the sake of the people. Be strong and courageous also for your own sake. Because God said, I have a lot invested in you, and therefore I want to see it be fulfilled in everything I promised you come to pass. And you know, you look at this and you say, I did anyway. Well, God, why would you want to bless me like that? I'm just ordinary. Why? Why do you keep blessing me? There's just that whisper of the Holy Spirit that he gives you in your spirit. And he says, my people have endured accusation. They've been accused of things they don't do or believe. And yet they keep serving me. And these are people I will bless just because there are people who have attempted to hurt them. And I like to show them that I know how to prepare a table in the presence of their enemies. So somebody who has been targeted by enemies, you ought to just throw up your hands and praise God and thank the Lord. Because you don't have any enemy who is bigger than God. So I asked the Lord, how does this all work? I don't understand this kind of theology. This isn't taught in Bible college. 
So in looking at Samuel, I was made to know this. He said, watch, my, watch David. Just watch him. He's betrayed by his son Absalom. Absalom affects a coup. And David and his officers and his cabinet are all dispatched out of Jerusalem. They have to leave for a period. And one known as Shimei runs after David as he's leaving Jerusalem and starts throwing mud at him and cursing him and rocks at him. He's mocking David. David had, he said, David, had, you have blood on your hands. You're being thrown out of office. God's never going to use you back here again and curses him. And one of David's generals draws his sword and he says, let me at him. I will hit him once, and you'll never hear from him again. It's in 2 Samuel 16. And David said, no, leave him alone. It may be that God will hear and see what he's saying and will bless me because of it. So Abishai would have dispatched Shimei just like that. But David knew something about his God. And he said these words, it may be that the Lord will look on my affliction that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. Wow. Because David was the one who wrote, you prepare a table before me. Anytime God's going to bless you, beware of someone looking to curse you. Look out for some envy-filled person because God has to have an enemy for him to prepare a table before. And that's why you can love your enemies. You can pray for your enemies. You can do good by your enemies because God is just using them to bless you even more. That's why you can forgive. So I want everybody who has had negative attitudes toward your enemies, lift your hand and thank the Lord for them. Forgive them. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood. There's a devil behind it all, and that devil was defeated, and God will take what was meant for evil, and he'll turn it for your good if you'll just be faithful. Ask Joseph how that works. Ask him. Be strong and very courageous. That brings me to the next point. Next time God said, be strong and courageous, it wasn't just for the people's sake, not just for your sake. And even though he loves you and wants to bless you, now it's for God's sake. Do you know what he said? He said, I want to bless you because I'm your God and I am with you. In other words, God is saying, my name is involved in all of this matter. My name is in your life. My name is attached to these nearly 3 million people that have been out here in the wilderness. And I want to be sure that what I have stated and promised is going to come to pass. I think of David's mighty men and how they made that work in the practical way of their own lives. In 2 Samuel 23, there's a picture of fearlessness in that chapter. Say, Lord, make me a picture of fearlessness. Make me a picture of fearlessness. And in that chapter, it says that it was their boldness that qualified them for greatness. It was not their education. It was not their IQ. It was not the money they had put aside. It was their boldness that made them mighty men in the army of King David. Reminds me of some of the comments I've heard from people who have served our country with the Trident 
the Navy SEALs. And you ask them about Hell Week and what that's like. They said, sometimes we get some people who have tried out to become a SEAL and they have worked out for a year. And they're sculpted and they're ripped. There's hardly any body fat on them and they're so strong. He said, you think this is a shoe in He said, in most of the cases by far, rare was it ever that one of them succeeded in becoming a Navy SEAL. He said, because the strength is not here and here and here and here. The strength is in here. He said, there were people a whole lot less stronger physically than they were that were continuing to go on long after these dropped out because they could not take the pressure. And that describes these kind of people I'm about to describe to you. There was one mighty man named Adino the Enzite. Now watch, he fought valiantly against incredible odds. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joshua, Bashebeth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Enzite because he killed 800 men at one time. That's pretty impressive. He killed 800 men at one time. And some of you are facing some odds in your life, and you look at them and you feel overwhelmed. Like if you had one person fighting one person, you've got 50-50 chance of victory. Or if it were two on one, two against the one, you, two of them and one of you, you have maybe a 33% chance of winning. 800 to one. Do the odds. Do the math. I'm speaking to someone who's facing some tough odds. And it all seems against you. Now watch this. Some say, well, that couldn't have been possible unless he kind of forced himself into a, a, a crevice somewhere and no one could get at him and anyone that came near him, he'd, you know, he'd stick a sword into them. No one could have been able to sneak, sneak up on the side and catch him that way. Now, I'm not convinced of that at all. The God factor was working in this man's life. I like to think he had two swords and he was rotating them like helicopter blades. Can you see this guy? The Holy Spirit anointed him and he's chopping and slicing. Uh, he was better than a Vegematic. I mean, he went through that army like a hot knife through butter. And he, sl- he slays 800 of them at once. That's not a fairy tale. It's a real story. It happened here on earth. I can see the Jerusalem Post. The press runs up to Adino, and Dino, what in the world happened? How could you stand against such insurmountable odds and overwhelming circumstances? Numbers greater than you, yet you stood there fearlessly, bold and courageous, and you overcame them all. And I can hear him say, my king placed me here. This was not just about me, but it's about my king. And he wants me here. And I stood where he placed me because his name is in this. So he told you, the Lord told you to be strong and courageous for his sake because he is your God and he has assigned you. And for his sake and his investment in you, you are bold and strong because he wants to derive glory out of all the odds that are against you and show himself strong through you. Then there was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. And don't laugh, because you wouldn't want to take this guy on. Okay, you think, Dodo, what kind of a guy is this? And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, 
One of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. All the others took off. They fell off. They rang out. They were done. They couldn't handle it. But he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. Man. I can see him as they try to pry his fingers off that sword. He had just slain 300 Philistine warriors, and they're pulling his fingers off the sword. Why did you stand when all of Israel, all the men that were serving, all turned and ran away? Why did you not fall or fail like everybody else failed? Because King David put me here. This is where the king told me to be, and I will not run because my king said, be strong and very courageous. And I stood my ground. And I know the enemy and the odds against you say, your family will never be free. You will never have a turnaround. You'll be here tonight. We're going to talk about divine turnaround. But there's something different about closing out this year in about 31 days and heading into a new one as we get into 216, uh, 2016. And, and there's something about that fourth man in the fiery furnace of life. He will cause you to stand strong in the midst of the heat. Then there's Shama. And he stood up in a bean patch. Just a little piece of dirt with some beans growing on it. And he fought from there for what seemed to be a very insignificant reward. Piece of dirt, some beans growing. What are you going to get out of this? Why would you fight here, risk your life for a bean patch? Because my king told me to hold the ground right here. He told me to stand here and not back up. And it's in his honor that I conquer any foe who comes across the line into this bean patch. And he did. And understand that the battles you're in, you're not in them alone. God is with you and his name is not going to go down in defeat. God gets glory when we stand on his behalf. Number four, God said, fear not for the enemy's sake. And he said, you're going to have those. You'll encounter them. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of them. But you be strong and very courageous. God will deal with enemies through his people. And we have a role to play in these last days. And God will raise up his church to have impact in the world, to bring the lost to Jesus, to confound the wise, and set God's enemies back on their heels. This new year, you're going to engage in things that you have not yet anticipated, that sometimes will blow your mind. And I don't make flaky predictions, and I don't get up here and frequently say, the Lord told me to tell you, But I am saying this to you, prompted by the Holy Spirit, for those of you entering into promise, it's why we fast and we pray when we start a brand new year and we come before the Lord waiting on him, preparing ourselves for whatever God has, because we don't know what will happen in the next new year, in the next few months, prophetically. We have entered into the end of days But I know one thing, we're going to watch God manifest himself in a worldwide renewal of his people. And for some who allow it, there will be a domination of the spirit of fear in their hearts as never before. Jesus said there will be those whose hearts, the courage 
the seat of your ability to be strong will fail you because of fear. But I have an assignment today to attack that spirit, to command you in the name of the Holy Spirit to be strong and very courageous. Submit yourself to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you, from your house, from your ministry, from your finances, from your life. God did not take you out into the Jordan to abandon you, to drown there. He's got a lot invested in you. So thank God for who you are in him. And take a praise break and say, thank you, Lord. You can face all of what your tomorrows hold without fear. And the enemy says, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to take this away from you. I'm going to steal this other from you. I'm going to accomplish this against you. And you stand up and say, no, you're not. Because God put me here. In his authority, I stand here boldly and courageously. Listen, some demons only move away through fasting and prayer, Jesus said. So there's some strongholds that are not going to back up until you learn how to fast along with your praying. And knowing where you've got to go, the Spirit of the Lord says, you cannot be a flighty, fearful Christian. And it's almost an oxymoron. (laughs) Christian, flighty, fearful. Is that what people think of when they call us Christians? That we get blown everywhere by anything that comes along? Or we cower and run the first time any threat happens? One who runs from the slightest wind of adversity? God wants you to stand right there in the battle. Listen to this. Because this had to get into every one of these people I just described. God wants you to stand right there in the battle until you like it. You're fearless. And even though that fear has attacked you and that has crossed your mind, what if? You still do it what he commanded, afraid. Because you're standing in his, at his command. Until you get so used to it. Until you know this, is, this has to happen. I can't turn and run away from this. I have to fight this. And to be successful, I have to almost like it. You get so conditioned for battle. Like a Navy SEAL, you're itching to put to use what you've learned. And you say, like Paul, when I have plenty, when I have nothing, I'm still content. I'm good. Because I know God is with me. So, You stand there and you be very strong. And he said, be very courageous. He promised to give you good success, no matter what the calculator adds up to. Well, these are the facts, Pastor. This is the truth. This trumps the facts. 
I don't care what that says or what the bills look like or even the report the enemy has sent your way. Whatever, God is still greater. So at the point of your miracle, listen, before you ever got to the place where the miracle would manifest, God had already planted a tree. So just like Zacchaeus, you get to climb above all your limitations and finally get to really know God in the middle of your fight and your stress. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have everybody stand. And let's give God some glory in this house for a minute, would you? Give God thanks. Fearless. Fearless.